This is On Call, a podcast by Code Blue. Health is a human right. Hello everyone, I'm Kanmani Batumalai from Code Blue. These are the headlines for the day. Two doctors groups, the Malaysian Medical Association and the Medical Practitioners Coalition Association of Malaysia, criticize the harsher penalties for medicine-related offenses and enhanced pharmacy enforcement powers in the Poisons Amendment Bill. MPCAM calls the proposed amendments draconian, pointing out that pharmacy enforcement officers seem to be above the law in the amendment bill. There is a clause that protects authorized officers from lawsuits or criminal prosecution if they acted in good faith. MPCAM points out that even police, customs and immigration officers do not enjoy such immunity. MPCAM President Dr. Rajkumar Maharaja urges MPs to reject the bill. MMA, on the other hand, says that the bigger fines and longer jail sentences proposed under the Poisons Amendment Bill will cause many doctors to practice with the sword of Damocles hanging over their neck. This is especially so with the enhancement of powers of pharmacy enforcement officers who can break down doors and detain anyone found in the premises of their raids until the search is complete. Pharmacy enforcement officers from the Ministry of Health usually investigate private GP clinics, vet clinics, dental clinics and community pharmacies for any medicine-related offences under the Poisons Act. Deputy Health Minister Dr. Noor Azmi Ghazali denies that the proposed amendments to Act 342 grant the Health Director General absolute powers to issue compounds claiming that every fine must be authorised by the public prosecutor. He says compounds can only be offered after written permission from the public prosecutor has been obtained. The Deputy Minister says MOH held two meetings with the Dewan Riyadh Special Select Committee on Health, Science and Innovation to discuss the Act 342 Amendment Bill. Another meeting will be held soon to finalise the proposed amendments to Act 342 or the Prevention and Control of Infectious Diseases Act. The current Day 1 riot meeting ends next Thursday. Kubang Paso MP Amiruddin Hamza complains in the Day 1 riot that families of long COVID victims have problems applying for NATMAS Funeral Assistance Program that provides a one of 5,000 ringgit assistance to family members of COVID-19 victims. This is because the victims' death certificates do not state COVID-19 as the cause of death. Even though some long COVID patients later die after recovery from their initial presentation of the disease, their death certs only state certain complications as the cause of death, omitting any mention of long COVID or their initial COVID condition. Dr. Noor Azmi Ghazali says in response that tests would be done prior to establish the cause of death. A peer-reviewed study published in Medical Journal The Lancet last week estimated 48,100 excess deaths in Malaysia, 1.5 times higher and 16,600 more than the 31,500 casualties officially due to COVID-19 by December 31 last year. Unlike Malaysia's restrictive COVID-19 death classification, Belgium's COVID-19 mortality surveillance is more inclusive. For all COVID-19 cases, Belgium includes death in its COVID-19 mortality surveillance unless there was a clear alternative cause of death that could not be linked to COVID-19, for example, trauma. 
Belgium also includes COVID-19 deaths if there was no period of complete recovery between the illness and death. Nearly three times more adults in their 40s and 50s with underlying health conditions died from COVID-19 in Malaysia from February 6 to March 12. Then, seniors aged 60 years and older without comorbidities. 336 deaths were reported in the 40 to 59 age group with comorbidities, 171% higher than 124 fatalities in those aged 60 and older without underlying health conditions. 105 COVID deaths were reported among unhealthy young adults aged 39 and younger, 133% higher than 45 deaths in older adults aged 40 to 59 without underlying medical issues. According to the National Health and Morbidity Survey 2019, nearly two of five adults in the country are estimated to have diabetes. Some 1.7 million Malaysian adults have all three risk factors for diabetes, high blood pressure and high cholesterol, while 3.4 million suffer from two of the three main chronic conditions. Several local studies and a recent public survey by Code Blue and the Galen Centre for Health and Social Policy found significant prevalence of e-cigarette use among people who never smoked in dual users. This disapproves the vape industry's claim that vaping helps smokers quit. A study funded by MOH's National Institutes of Health found that 74% of current e-cigarette users also smoked conventional cigarettes or dual users. Professor Dr. Mohammad Haniki Nik Mohammad, Chief Coordinator of the Certified Smoking Cessation Service Provider at the Kulia of Pharmacy, International Islamic University Malaysia, says regulating e-cigarettes could re-normalize smoking. Bangi MP Ong Kian Ming says the emphasis should be on nicotine replacement therapy products to help smokers quit instead of promoting e cigarettes or vapes as smoking cessation tools.